Now? There we go. All right. <laughs> ah, so when these things, when I don't do these things often, I get confused. That just says I probably should do stuff a little differently, right? All right. Well, good evening, as I said. We're not going to do worship. We're going to go straight in. And something that has been, I guess, with me for a while. This this particular teaching came to me a while ago, and I was like, wow, where is that going? You know, so I had to meditate on it for a little while, and, you know, pastor asked me to teach, and, and I said, okay, I've, I've, I've got something, I've got something. And as I was pulling it together, it changed a little and went a different way for on me. So I'm sort of like, okay, Lord, however you're going to use it tonight, I'm willing to for you to use it that way because it may change in the middle. So guys, bear with me on that one. As a lot of you know who are members here who sat in on a SALT meeting, I made a commitment that I was going to run a half marathon. And I did. I finished my half marathon on June the 30th. And, but prior to that, I needed to do some training for that half marathon, you know, because, you know, it's just plain foolish for you to run, get out there and run a half marathon and you haven't trained for it. So I downloaded an app that helped me train for this half marathon. But for me, I need music to run. You know, I'm not one of those that can just get out there and run and not have music going. So I put together a playlist in order to run. Well, while I put together this playlist, there's a song that I added to my playlist called I Will Live, is what it's called. And Daryl, my phone is set up, and I want you guys to hear it because this, this uh, song is pretty important to what we're going to talk about tonight. And I have my phone set up to play it, so hopefully we'll get it to go. <laughs> As I asked you to notice during the chorus, it says, Be careful what you speak, no matter what goes wrong. Be careful uh, because there's power in the tongue, so say the words that make you strong. All right? That song, there's a song by Ron Cannoli that talks about whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord, right? Again, it's about what report or what you're saying when things go wrong or when things are going right. So it talks about that there's power in the tongue. As I listened to that over and over, because my training lasted for like 18 weeks, so I kept hearing that song over and over again, I began to ask myself, what is it that you are declaring? What are you declaring when things are going right or when things are going wrong? I don't know if many, many of you know I retired, but I want to start a new career, you know. And, you know, job hunting has changed tremendously since the last time I looked for a job. I went to work for FedEx in 1985. I stopped working for FedEx in 2013. That was 28 years. I hadn't looked for a job in 28 years. I didn't have to. I was happy with the one I had. It was great. I didn't need another one. But it's all changed now. It's all Internet-based, and, you know, you don't talk to anybody. You know, you send your resume out there and everything. And, you know, I was talking to people, and they said, oh, yeah, you know, it's hard getting hired from the Internet. Your resume goes into this black hole. And, you know, when people were asking me, well, how's the job hunting going? I go, my resume's going into a black hole. Well, I sounded just like they did. So I'm declaring that my resume is not going anywhere. That my resume isn't hitting the desk of the person it's supposed to hit or anything. So as I'm listening to this song talking about declare... What are you declaring? What are you speaking? Are those words making you strong? And I realized they weren't because it was making me depressed when people said, have you found anything yet? 
And, you know, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. You're doing this because of what you are declaring. Are you going to declare the words that make you strong or are you going to declare the report of the Lord? Whose report are you going to believe? All these people who are talking about it's hard to get hired from the Internet. Or are you going to believe the God that created all things, including the Internet? He knows how the Internet works. Amen? He knows exactly how it works. We don't know how it works most of the time. But God knows exactly how it works. You know, because there's nothing new under the sun. You know, and Lamar and I have touched, taught this to our kids all the time because they think all this is new. We think it's all new because it's new to us. It is not new to our God. It is absolutely not new to our God. And as we were going through some of the, the meetings with Jay and Tammy, they, talk, they talked about kings who declare or decree and see they declare they decree and then they see that's what kings do we're kings we're little kings with the little k you know we're not the big king with the big k but we are because it says that jesus christ is the king of kings well that's us so we declare we decree and we see this teaching originally said say the words and then it said, make it so. And I finally came up with, say what? Say what? But before you say anything, we need to do some things. And that's where the acronym for DECLARE came through for me. If we go to Psalms 118.17, this is where you'll see where this comes from. Psalms 118 verse 17 says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. We need to be about declaring the works and the words of the Lord. And you know what? And we need to declare them in such a way, and we'll get to this, where we are committed to it. I mean, we are committed to it. Uh, Corey played a song on Sunday, <laughs> and I brought it into, into the church one time, not the whole song, but part of the song, where the guy says, I'm going to praise God till I pass out. And the chorus goes, I'm going hard in the paint, hard in the paint. And that's a basketball term. I don't know a whole lot about basketball, but I do know when you talk about going hard in the paint, that means you giving it your all, you're going to leave it all there, but you are going. And that's how we need to be about when we are declaring the words and the works of the Lord. We need to be so committed to them that no matter what happens, that's what we're going to declare. No matter what we see, no matter what we feel, feel no matter what anybody says we're going to be declaring the words and works of the lord amen so when them folks was talking about your resume goes into a black hole on in the internet not my resume my resume falls on the right desk at the right time for the right people to see it and praise god i'm hired glory be to god and i'm celebrating that fact now am i working no Am I celebrating the fact that I'm working? Yes, because my God says you'll go to work because he didn't call me not to work. He said, if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, guess what? Hey, come on. Amen. So we need to be declared. We've been taught and are reminded many times that any principle on which we are to build our lives will be demonstrated in the word of God. This particular principle is demonstrated in the word of God right off the jump. Right off jump. Let's head to Genesis. Because when you go to Genesis, that's where you're going to find it. If we turn to Genesis 1 and starting in verse 
Hold on, let me get my verses. Okay, Genesis 1, verse 4. It says, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, God declared, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. I mean, right there in Genesis 1, we start off with God said. The principle is demonstrated. That we declare as God declares. And it became so. So if that's the principle that you declare and make it so, then we need to be careful what we're declaring. The word declare, I broke it down for myself to help me remember where I was going with this. And I come with decide, exercise, confess, live, acknowledge, resist, and expectations. Expectations. In terms of determine, before we speak what we are going to say, we need to determine before we ever open our mouths, what am I going to say? And in many cases, sometimes we shouldn't say anything. You know, when people ask me all the time, well, are you working yet? I'm not quite sure exactly what I should say. So I say sometimes, give me a minute. Give me, just, just give me a minute. And, I'll, and, I, and, and I go, okay, Holy Spirit, you know, because I don't want to declare and put something into motion that's going to be a setback for me. Amen? Amen. Because that's what can happen to us. So I need to determine. So I've determined what I'm going to say to people. When people say, how many resumes you sent out, I go, I don't know. Because I truly don't. And it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. So they said, well, well, what's going on with that? The right person in the right place at the right time has my resume. And they go, uh, how do you know that? I know that I know that I know. I'm a king's kid. And I know that my provider is going to make his provision manifest and known for me. So in Acts 4.28, it says to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. So you need to determine beforehand, what, what are we going to do here? What are we going to say here? What are we going to declare here? And it needs to be the word of the Lord. We're believers. You know, and in this, and in this last series, and we were talking about submission and where where things come from that they come from the outside and sometimes things come from the inside because i was sitting home and i was thinking about this whole thing and it's right things get come from the inside you know keith moore was saying in a teaching that he's in a series he's doing he says you know we think on these bad thoughts and then the devil comes in and then condemns you for the bad thoughts you know, he, 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 he kind of orchestrates the bad thought, and then he goes, look at you, you Christian, thinking on those bad thoughts. Then there's all this condemnation. So now you got, you got the bad thoughts, then you're condemned about the bad thoughts. What is a circle and a vicious lie is that? So that's why when it starts being internal, we need to be thinking on God's word. What does God say? And if the thing that you're thinking on is not a good thing, you need to kick it to the curb, and you need to kick it to the curb right away. Don't give it any foothold in your life. So determine beforehand what's going to go on for you. Exercise. You know, we hear a lot about physical exercise and its benefits, and there are a lot of benefits to physical exercise. You know, I'm not the runner that pastor is, but I do like to run. And, you know, people will come to you. Somebody came to me the other day and goes, don't your knees bother you? You know, they kind of put it like that. No, my knees don't bother me. 
And they're like, really? Well, why would I lie to you? You know, and they said, well, I can't run because of my knees. And I go, fine. You know, maybe, maybe a walk. A brisk walk is just as good. Or even a slow walk if you're not doing anything. But don't try to say because I run, something's going to happen to my knees. You know, that's, that, that's the biggest thing, you know. But there are benefits to that. I feel better after I run. I really do. I don't always feel good while I'm running. You know, I haven't hit that runner's high they talk about that you get to a spot and you could just run forever. No. When I'm almost close to home, I'm happy. You know, and I hit the door and fall out on the couch. I'm ecstatic. But I feel good. (laughs) I feel good afterwards. I shower. I change my clothes. I feel great. I feel great. And it gives me some time to be with my God. I pray. I listen. You heard the songs that I listen to. I can't do too much teaching while listening to teaching because I always stop and want to go, what'd they say, what'd they say, or make notes. So I haven't found a way to do teaching and running just yet. But there are benefits to that. Same thing when we exercise in godly things so that we win eternal life. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. We need to be exercising our mind, renewing our mind in the word toward godliness, becoming more God-like as we go through it. What are you saying? Where's your focus? Is it towards God and towards godly things? Or are you declaring the same thing that the world is declaring? You know? And that's why, you know, sometimes Facebook, I just, I just go like this. When I read some of the stuff on Facebook. Because we as believers, because there are a lot of believers on Facebook, we can't rally around that stuff. You know, I mean, the stuff that they get focused on, it's sort of like you're focused on the guy killed the lion and babies are being killed by the millions and everybody is up in arms about the dentist killing the lion. I'm like, okay, America. Is that, no, we need to be exercising ourselves towards godliness. What is God saying we need to declare? Not that I'm saying go out and shoot up all the lions. No, that's not what I'm saying. But, hey, how about we fix this problem over here? Because I believe that through abortion and stuff, you know, we more than likely killed the person that has the cure for something that we needed. You know, <laughs> I'm like, if we could stop that, you know, the, the economic genius that's going to get us out of trillions of dollars of debt could have been in there, you know? So, you know, we need to exercise towards godliness, becoming more God-like in what we say. Then what we need to do is confess. Now, this is the one. Definition, to declare openly by way of speaking out freely, such confession being the effect of deep conviction of facts. You know, we need to speak it out. We need to confess what we believe. We need to confess what God says. I remember uh, Creflo Dollar one time, he said he was doing some counseling. And the, the husband, I forget what the subject was, they were saying, well, what do you think, Pastor Dollar? What do you think? He goes, it doesn't matter what I think. This is what the Word of God said. And that's what he kept saying over and over and over and over to the couple, is what the Word said. We need to be confessing what God says. That's why when they say to me, my resume's going in a black hole, I confess something different. I confess something totally different. When I had pain in my heel, and I gave this testimony on Sunday, when I had pain in my heel, I confessed something different. Because the word of God says that by his stripes, I'm healed. 
So I can't allow my dirt to say something different. My dirt's got to line up. My body must line up. My flesh must line up with the word of God because my spirit's okay. Spirit's going, we healed. We healed. Get out there and run. We healed. But the body is trying to go. You know, it's hard to run like that. It's real hard. <laughs> you know, you ain't going to get far, you know, doing it that way. And I was like, no, body, you have to line up because the word of God says that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. So, so get in line. So when it became, you know, I think one day I could barely, you know, get my foot down. I was like, oh, no, we going down. You are going down. And you're going down and you're going down and you're going down and you're going to stay down. You're going to do what you've been called to do, which is to help me run these five miles that I need to get in. So it, it, became, a, it, it became one of those, um, a, a tug of war. You know, the, the spirit's good. The spirit's good. The flesh is going, you are crazy. Now we got to tug of war going. I'm going, no, we're going to confess that we're healed, and we're going to operate that way. In Romans 10, uh, in verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with the mouth, we need to be confessing what we believe, what the word of God says. You know, I, I listen to people talk about these um, positive affirmations. You know, if you ever, you know, people talk about saying positive affirmations every day. And you laugh and say, you know, that new age stuff. There's something to that. There's something to that. Because let me tell you, if you confess and say the word of God on a daily basis and enough times, whatever's going on floats away. It floats away. It puts you in a different spot. It puts your head in a different spot. And then everything else will line itself up. So we need to confess <clears throat> according to what we believe. 1 John 4.15 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. That means that God lives in you. God and all that he is lives in you. God is light, so there is no darkness. So light is living in you. Goodness is living in you. Peace, joy, love long-suffering, all that he is, is living in you. And we need to confess that's who lives in us because we are confessing that Jesus is the Son of God. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. This is one of my favorite verses. Confession of our hope without wavering. There's so much stuff out there that will make you waver. Your checkbook is a big one. Will make you waver. You ever get and say, oh, wow, there's more months than money? That's, you know, our checkbooks, oh, our checkbooks are loud. Oh, my gosh, they can be so loud. But if we confess, that Jesus Christ is our provider, that he's going to provide for us, and we don't waver off of that and know that he who has promised is faithful, shut it right down. Shut it right down. Because he is faithful. He is faithful. The Ellen declare... I. I went back and forth with this one because the L, you could have love, you know, love, like they tell you to love versus loving the way we think we should love. There was that one. And then there was laugh because it says laughter is like medicine to the bones. So we need to laugh. I found myself one day, I hadn't laughed in like three days. 
Because I hadn't talked to anybody in three days. Because I live alone. I hadn't talked to anybody in three days. I hadn't laughed in three days. I hadn't left the house in three days. I went, hmm, that's not real good. So I found stuff in my house to laugh at. You know? I laughed at the chaos that was going on in in my closet. (laughs) I laughed at the dust bunnies that were running around in my living room, you know? And and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me on some things and but I laughed. Laughter is medicine. So I kinda go that way. But on this one, for this L I came with live. Because that goes back to the scripture that says, I will live. It says, I will live. And as I was going through and looking up about living, I found, and I'm sure you guys can come up with a whole bunch of, of other ones that go with it, but the four I pulled out was four ways to live. Peaceably, Romans 12:8. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, Live peaceably with all men. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And then we should live free from anxiety and undue care. Now, it, isn't that great? That we can live free from anxiety and undue care. Because stress and anxiety is what's killing people. How many times you you go into some place and they said, well, what's, what's got their blood pressure so high or what caused the heart attack? Stress, anxiety, cares. But it says that we in 1 Corinthians 7, sorry, in 7, it says we can live free from anxiety and undue care. It says, but even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin, is this where I want to go? Hmm. We have to go down to 32. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin, and he goes on with that. But he tells him, he tells us in 32, but I want you to be without care. Also, we have the scriptures that says, cast your cares upon him because he has care for you. He says, be anxious for nothing in all things through prayer and supplication. Make your requests known before God. So God is wanting us to be anxious free and not have any cares because he understands that those cares will weigh us down. Those cares will get in the way of what we will declare. You know, it talks about in the parable of the seed, it talks about the cares of the world getting in and choking the word. So we have to let those things go and live according to the word of God. And then he says, no longer in lust and sin, which is First Peter 4, 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. So we shouldn't live any longer in lust or sin, and we need to live by faith. We need to be living by faith. If you turn to Romans 1.17... It says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So if we are the just of God, we're to live by faith. So again, when they say, resume black hole, faith says, no black hole. Resume all over the place. You know, everybody that needs to see the resume is seeing the resume. Friends who know that I'm looking, they're like out there looking too, you know. 
hey, I live by faith. I live by the faith of knowing that my God will provide the position that I am looking for. You know, one of the things that, and this sounds like really silly, but I'd like to walk to work. I don't want to drive anymore to work. So a position came up, and they said, the first question out of their mouth was, do you have a car? I was like, oh, sup, ding, ding, red flags, red flags. I said, well, yes, I do. They said, well, this position requires a lot of driving. I was like, thank you, but no thank you, because I don't want to drive all around anymore. I've done that. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm willing to take the bus. I'm willing to drive to a place and go to work, but I don't want to drive all over Philadelphia and New Jersey and all those places anymore. I've done that. I was putting so many miles on my car, the mechanic goes, what do you do? And I told him, he goes, wow. I said, yes. He goes, you know, you have more miles on your car than my wife has had on her last two cars. I was like, that was my job. That was my job. That's what I signed up for then. But I don't want to sign up for that now. And so the just shall live by faith, the faith that I have in God to provide the position that I want, that I want. Like I said, I'm willing to work real hard for you. I just don't want to drive all over the country to do it. So there you have it. Galatians 3.11 Galatians 3.11 says almost the exact same thing if you look at it. And it says, come on, (laughs) Daryl. Galatians 3.11 says, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. In all three of those scriptures, I, I, I use Hebrews 10:38 as well, that quote is there. The just shall live by faith. So if it's repeated that many times, you think we, we should really take note of that, right? That we should live by faith. The A for declare is to acknowledge. We are to acknowledge that God is who he says he is and is able to do what he has said in his word. That he has said who he is. We need to acknowledge that our God is able to do above that which we could ask or think. We need to acknowledge and say that to people. In Proverbs 3, 6, it says that in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So as we acknowledge that he is the one who is leading and guiding us, he is going to direct our path into the places where he wants us to go. You know, a lot of times people say, I'm here by coincidence or I'm here by luck or by whatever. Well, if you're acknowledging him, that he is your Lord, that he is who guides you, then you're not there by coincidence or luck. You know, many times, you know, you're on the road and you get to an accident, you know, and you think to yourself, wow, if I had left just a few minutes before that, That could have been me. That might have been me. And you think, what held me up? And it might have been something silly at home. You ever forget your keys or something and have to go back? And you're just just angry. You're just angry that you have to go back. And then something weird had happened out on the road, and you go, hmm, how about that? How about that? So I try not to get angry at those things anymore because you, you just never know how your path is being directed in that way. Amen? Amen. Okay. All right. Resist. Now, (laughs) resist. I'm not going to do much with resist, guys, because pastor is doing all that he can with resist in terms of 
resisting the devil and he will flee from you. But what I want to say about that is that we need to resist the temptation to be led by anything or anyone other than the word or the spirit of God. We need to resist that temptation. The one thing that I find, and I don't know about you guys, but the one thing that I find that can lead me a little more is my body in terms of my health, all right? And I have to fight that. Like I said, with that heel pain, you know, you know, a lot of times we say my pain or my allergies or my whatever. Well, you've got that personal pronoun on it. It then belongs to you. If you go around saying my, so when I talked about the pain in my heel, what I claimed was my heel and not the pain that was there, okay? I wasn't trying to get it to take up any kind of residence in my body. It didn't belong there. It can't live there. It had to go. So that we have to really resist the temptation to be led by anything else other than the Word and the Spirit of God. The Word says that only good things come from God. Pain, you know, people say pain is good. No, it's not. No, uh-uh. You know, they said, well, you know, it tells you something's wrong. Okay, yeah, in that sense. But it's not good. It's not good. So then it didn't come from God. I should be able to take and put my foot down like that and be fine and be fine and run and move and up and down the stairs with no pain. So, so that's why I said I have to resist those types of things. Another thing for me, like I said, is, you know, my doctor's always trying to give me blood pressure medicine. I love my primary care physician. He's a believer. He's a believer. But he wants me to have high blood pressure. I don't really care what he wants. I care what God wants. And God told me I didn't have that. So every time I go see him and he says, your blood pressure is high, I go, my blood pressure is not high. My pressure, the blood that I have in my body has perfect pressure. I'm not sure what your machine is doing. You might need to check your machine. And he just looks at me and he goes, every time. Yeah, that's, 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 our, that's our discussion on, on blood pressure. And he knows that he's not going to get very far, so he just drops it. Now, my cardiologist, yes, I go to a cardiologist. Why I'm still going to this man, I don't know, but I'm going. He, is, he tries even harder. He will take my blood pressure four times. He'll take it. His nurse will take it. He'll bring in the reception. He brings people in to take it. And I told him, if my blood pressure was as high as you think it is, I should be laid out on the floor like this. He goes, Ethel, that's not how it works. I said, Dr. Nistico, let's not have this discussion again. I do not have high blood pressure. Will you please monitor your blood pressure on a daily basis and fax it to my office? No. Only people who have high blood pressure should do that. I don't have it, so I'm not doing it. It took me a while to get there, guys. Believe me, it took me a while to get there. And a lot of the teaching about, about because, uh, you know, every time I went, I wanted them to see, you know, Lord, this is the time that they're going to see I don't have blood pressure. Well, do you need the report to believe or don't you? What report are you going to believe? The one that, that their machine is spitting out or the one that the Lord said? And the Lord said, you don't have high blood pressure. So since the Lord said it, that's where I'm going. Here's a funny story for you. They prescribed something called Benacar. Um, it's a blood pressure medicine. Benacar. I don't know if any of you have seen the, 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 um, the commercials. <laughs> there was a lawsuit against Benacar. Because it caused all of these internal stomach problems for people. And they said, if you had stomach problems with Benacar, call our office. You may be entitled to monetary, you know, compensation. 
I cracked up. Because the doctor said, here, I'm going to give you a prescription for Benicar. I said, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Put the prescription in the trash. I didn't take it. I didn't take it because I knew what God had said. And all I'm saying here is that when you are tempted to go against what the word of God has said or the spirit of God has said for you, you need to declare something else. I declared, I do not have high blood pressure. I'll check your machine. The people that you bring in here to, to do it, maybe they need to go to training. I don't know, but I don't have it. And I'm going to keep it moving. And I'm going to keep it moving. Amen? If God had said to me, Ethel, take the blood pressure medicine, I would have. I would have. Even though, you know, I hear all kinds of things about blood pressure medicine, I know he'd have protected my internal organs or whatever needed to be protected from. But that's not what he told me. And I went with what he told me. My mother has high blood pressure. My oldest brother has high blood pressure. So they try to use that and say it runs in your family. No, it doesn't. I'm part of the family of God. No, it doesn't. You know, maybe if they got on board, they could get off their medicine. You know, I don't know. But all I know was that I knew what God had told me to do, and I was not going to be tempted to do or to acknowledge anything else. But I had to resist that. I really had to resist it because, you know, they they try to make you afraid. You know, well, you know, high blood pressure is the silent killer. You know, so you go, uh, you know, it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. No, no. But I had to resist that. So we need to resist that. James 4, 7 says, <clears throat> and this is the, the scripture that is, um, is part of the, the new teaching, is therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We need to submit to God. We need to do the thing that we are supposed to do in our submission and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen? The last one is expectations. Expectations. What are our expectations? In the Greek, from a compound word, epo, and a compound of kira and dokio, in the sense of watching, intense anticipation, earnest expectation. When you are expecting something, I mean, especially me, I'm an online shopper, or I used to be, and when they sent me that note and said, your package is on the way, you can expect it on this day, literally almost, I'm sitting on the step waiting for UPS, FedEx, United States Postal Service, anybody, whoever's got it, bring it on, you know. And then if I miss them, oh, my goodness. I'm like, I was here. You didn't ring the bell. I mean, I am just earnestly expecting. And that's how we need to be about the promises of God, is that we are I mean, it says it almost it describes it with your neck outstretched looking. I mean, you're like, where is it? Where is it? I know it's there. I know it's there. And that's the kind of expectation that you have for it. And that's how our expectations should be. In Psalm 62, 5, it says, My soul waits silently for God alone. My expectation is from him. That's where I'm expecting. My expectation is from him. I, you know, and I go back to this job search because it's taught me so much, guys. You know, because people have called and said, hey, we've seen your resume. We think you're great. And we, you know, we're going to call you. And then nothing. My expectation is from him. I'm like, so what? So what they don't call? So what so-and-so didn't call? My expectation is from him that the right time, the right job, right position, everything lined up for me is coming my way. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what I've got my neck stretched out for. Amen? 
those are my expectations. And as I was looking through all of this, you know, like I said, you know, in Genesis, we get that God declared. God spoke and the world was formed. Amen. If declaring wasn't so important, we wouldn't have these two scriptures that I want to talk to you about. Proverbs 18.21. It's a famous one. We all know it. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. All right? If, if declaring wasn't so powerful, that wouldn't be there. It wouldn't say that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That means that you have the power in your mouth to declare about death and life. That's how powerful it is. And then if we look in James 3, 5, this is another one. It talks about it being this little member. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. If declaring wasn't so powerful, we wouldn't have those to tell us, guys, be careful what you're declaring, what you're declaring, what you're decreeing, because so be it. It will be so. It may not be so tomorrow, but it's going to be so. Flu season. I'm going to get the flu. Lord, have mercy. Come and get this shot cause, so you don't get the flu. What? No. You'll have to drag me in kicking and screaming to try to give me a flu shot. My godson and his, and his wife had a baby. Um, and they said that anybody that's around the baby needs to be getting a flu shot. I looked at them and laughed. They said, not you, Aunt Mimi. I said, oh, I know that's right. Because they know. I'm not even going to do that. This has been the healthiest baby that you ever wanted to see. He hasn't had any of those runny noses that you see kids with and coughing and all this other stuff. Because I speak health over this little baby. Because it's like, no, uh-uh. And they, they, they were like, and you're supposed to get a whooping, a whooping cough shot? Two? Two? Yeah, right. Okay. No, that's not going to happen because I'm not declaring that. I'm not going to declare that. So that we need to be careful about that. Abraham in Genesis 22 and verse 8, when he takes Isaac up onto the mountain, he declared, he said, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Abraham declared that God was going to provide an offering for himself, even though it looked like Isaac was it. But if we look in verse 13, it then says that when Abraham looked off, and Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. There behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham declared that God would provide a ram. God provided a ram. There it was. The declare, the decree, and see. Elijah in 17.1. Elijah declares in 17.1, or I'm sorry, that's Kings. I'm sorry, Daryl. That's First Kings 17. <laughs> New book. <laughs> New book. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall, be, there shall not be dew nor rain in these years except at my words. He declared. 17.1, 1 Kings 17.1. Elijah declared. So if you think it's just God going around declaring, I give you these to show you that men declared. Adam called the animals by name. He declared. 
what they were to be. He declared it. He decreed it. So it was. Abraham declared a ram that God would provide for himself. He declared it. He decreed it. It was so. So remember that when you are declaring things, you are decreeing it as a king, and it's going to be so. So let's make sure that what we're declaring and decreeing is the word of God. Because, of this, because this is such a powerful principle and has a tremendous impact on our lives, we need to make sure we have things aligned with the word of God before we declare and make it so. Because the principle is there. It's in operation. God put it into operation. And as it's in operation, it will be so. So we need to be careful and make sure that when we declare, we have determined, we've, we've decided, rather, we've decided, we, are, we exercise, we've confessed, we're living according to the word. We acknowledge who our God is. We're resisting the temptation to be led by anything other than his spirit and his word. And that our expectations are clear. Our expectations align themselves with the word of God. That we expect our God to do what he said he would do. Amen? Amen. Father God, we just thank you right now. We thank you for the power that is in, that you have given to us through this principle and that we declare, we decree to make it so. But we declare and decree the things of God. Father God, we are led by your spirit and your word. We're not led by outside influences. We are not led by our flesh. We are not led by anything else but you, Lord, because we know that you will lead us into all righteousness. You will guide our footsteps, oh, Father God, into the pathways that you have provided for us. We look to you now, Father God, as we go from this place, that your word will indeed be planted deep within us, oh, Father God, and produce the good fruit that it, is, it has been designed to produce for each and every one of us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen.